0: Hello and welcome, comrades, to the Pierce Poets Party podcast. I am here, as always, with your local thinner of the herd, or Toth, as I've come to calling him subconsciously. How you doing? Howdy,
1: comrades. I'm what? in bed.
0: Why did why did anyone need to know that?
1: Because it's kind of the antithesis of what we're going to be talking about today, so I just wanted everyone to know' and coming at of it from a, a sluggish angle it's because i'm I'm in my mind, in the memories, real deep, real deep and such,
0: while my body sits completely still, unmoving, even and I'm sitting in a desk chair. all right, what are we talking about then, since you want to just jump right into it
1: well. Today will be episode one of what I anticipate being a five-part series, um, which means about six years of content ahead of us. So this will be uh, episode one of our, our Mosh series, a topic very near, dear, and close to our hearts and essential to the culture that we are trying to Continue to uphold. Continue to push forward. And whatever the actual word my brain was searching for um, was supposed to be. Episode one. Mosh love.
0: What word was it? Yeah. Dude, I don't know.
1: I, I almost said a <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: I have no idea. All right. Mosh love. What is mosh love? Love for the mosh. How does one love a
2: mosh?
1: Well, it's a, It's worth saying, I think, that not all who enter the mosh love the mosh. And our affection for the mosh is, is not necessarily singular or direct, um, but our debate our discrepancies, where we disagree on uh, the components of the mosh that are worthy of our love and affection, that will be saved for episode two. So We're going to try our best to uh, keep our most aggressive, divergent opinions uh, at bay for our first episode here, because we just want to share, share the love of the mosh. And uh, how you love the mosh pit is by embracing communal physicality. It's by finding yourself in a space full of others who know and love the same music, the same jams, the same tunes as you do. And uh, giving yourself some space to to hopefully comfortably engage in some physical discourse with them while emotionally directing all manner of lyrical insanity towards the same stage direction. Uh,
0: Everyone piling on top of each other and just hopefully having a good, safe time. This is an interesting question that just came to me. Well, it might not be interesting, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What do you consider the mosh pit? Is there the pit and then the mosh pit, or is like the whole general attendance standing room area the mosh pit?
1: So I think the confusion is often that uh, a lot of venues have a sunken floor where the, uh, it's you know, the orchestra floor, where the pit tickets would be, the standing room tickets would be. So they call it the pit just because it's a sunken floor, but that is not the mosh pit that we're talking about. The mosh pit that we're talking about is uh, now kind of all across popular culture, most active, you know, High BPM genres uh, tend to be able to induce wash bits, but the bare minimum is just uh, a style of dancing wherein there is no singular or partner dancing. It's just the entirety of a, of a group that's moving at once with each other. So it's a, that's as broad as possible. It's, a, it's a more than two... <laughs> Person experience where you're moving in a aggressive way, um, hopefully towards or in tune with, uh, the music being played. So, though that uh, has become less (laughs) common in certain circles.
0: So, the movement, any any kind of communal movement is a mosh pit.
1: I think provided that it's it's aggressive. I think mean, ag- aggressive is a kind of a a mainstay of mosh behavior. And I don't mean aggressive in like a an emotional or a directed way necessarily, just that it it's physically engaging. Like a, you can't have a drum circle where everyone just kind of, you know, backstepping and and you know hollering and hooting. That's a uh, not really a mosh pit. There's a certain there's a, a demanded level of interpersonal physicality that that's the kind of aggression we're talking about. Whether it's pushing or bumping into or piling or jumping with one another, uh, I think that the closest thing to a blurred line is the just the the type of experience. Uh, whether usually at kind of like an alternative music performance or an indie music performance, where people are just jumping up and down, and they happen to bump into one another, I think that's the line right before a mosh pit. Like when you are just kind of jumping up and down, waving your hands, and singing along. I don't think that's yet a mosh pit because it's not interpersonally aggressive within the group. But as soon as it gets to the point where you're kind of intentionally
0: bumping into the people around you, that's, yeah, like that's what I'm just to point out. The intentionality of of moshing as an act. And that's like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different um, actions within a mosh. And that's not, I mean, it's not a perfect term because there are a lot of different things that people do that I... Maybe you can't, you wouldn't say like, oh, that's moshing in the traditional sense,
1: but um, Mm -hmm. episode two, we will, uh, we will do what has become Twitter taboo for reasons that I, um, will outline my disdain for, but we'll do some academic analysis of the mosh pits. And within that, we'll lay out, uh, Five or six different terms for different kinds of moshing, slam dancing, and hardcore dancing, and hate moshing, and the like. Um, so we'll we'll save that uh, that separation uh, unless it has to come up in our conversations now. But today we're just going to focus on the love. We're just going to share share some stories. Just 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 you and me, me and my me and my pal, me and my bud, Mister Walsh here. We just wanna share some affectionate memories of the mosh pit because I, I there are some folks out there that have their reservations, and uh we wanna we wanna invite you in warmly uh with with some of our fond
0: memories I think the first well the thing that came to mind we went this was one of our first shows that we went to um alone, like without. Our parents, this was almost ten years ago now um, we went to the Amir um acacia strain tour and there yes. was a grammar. yeah Theater. great great venue and there was one I forget what it was I, I wonder if you remember what you wanted to do, but it was like a choreographed line <laughs> a, a standing in a line like shoulder to shoulder grabbing shoulders and Headbanging together, which never came to fruition, but there was definitely you had a plan of like a choreographed um, action that you wanted to do.
1: I think, I think the idea, if I can remember correctly, it was just uh, I don't even know what they call it like, what what did the the starlets do when they kind of flick their line? What are you talking about? A kick line. The yeah, Starlights. The, the opposite of that. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. On Radius in the Music. Um, whatever, whatever they do. I wanted us to do the like the reverse, inverse, the, not the reverse. But I wanted to do a, a mule kick line.
0: Where We would all grab shoulders mule and kick? kick backwards aggressively. Yeah, yeah, I remember why I didn't do that now. <laughs> We would have to do it we couldn't do it at the same time, we would all fall flat on our faces. <laughs> Cause you need your hands for support in a mule kick.
1: Well, you wouldn't have to get on the ground, but just to kick one leg
0: back and then the other leg back, you know, just, Oh is it was a... Oh okay. So yeah, the actual
1: In the same
0: fashion of a kick line okay. back. Well a mule kick I'm is maker. both legs.
1: Fair enough so whatever
0: we call that kind of thing yeah that was just a bad idea that was a dumb dumb thing to have have done
1: but that same show i think that was my first like real um uh, non-intentional bloody nose during, I don't remember if it was during Kubla Khan or Silar. I think Kubla Khan was first, and Silar yeah. came after them. It, it may have been. Because I saw Silar downstairs it, on my way out of the Kublai Khan pit.
0: Yeah. It was... Um, Fit for a King was also there, I believe.
2: Yeah, I think oh, it was really? Kublai
0: Khan, Silar, Fit for a King, a case's train, and then Emir. Because we couldn't find you after... Yeah. It was right before a Casey and we were looking for you, so it might have been fit for a king. And um, you kind of buried the lead there. You got fully knocked out. It was an <laughs> errant backwards swing, like a, like a backstroke movement, and I think it caught you. No, I honestly don't remember which band it was, but
1: I just felt so... So I'd seen it happen a few times up to that point. And it just felt like a a coming of age experience.
0: (laughs) Was it you that was injured in an upon a burning battle? Yes, that was was my first Warp (laughs) Tour. We should actually do an episode (laughs) on that Warp Tour because it's coming up on the 10 year anniversary. Warp Tour 2013. Um, My second pit ever, the first one was (laughs) Last Monster Flames that opened the day. And then. I got kneed in the back of the head by a crowd surfer and upon a pond burning body. And then I had to leave. I was really dazed and felt nauseous. Um, but yeah, I took a knee directly to the back of the head. And then I learned to look backwards. <laughs> so, so yes. Uh,
1: we're not yet, I guess, that uh, we're, we're laughing and smiling. Um, but I, I understand that we're supposed to be we're supposed to be sharing some harsh <laughs> love. So I I think it's important to qualify that uh, you know even though these were, you know, painful experiences and occasionally you, you lose your contact in a in a pit and you have a you have a bad day. But it's uh, there's there's an activation of something that we just don't have a lot of in current society when you're having these kind of experiences and it's not that it makes injury worth it necessarily I just want to qualify and say that there are a few very simple things you can do to avoid injury for the most part yeah
0: this people. was when we were like um, you know so 15 and 16 so we didn't really know we'll, we'll,
1: we'll have a mosh camp episode with a few, yeah. a few tips and tricks uh, at the end of this series, to, to keep your head on a, a swivel and keep you as safe as possible, but so we we can put out an early disclaimer that uh, you know it's not the the safest place for everyone and anyone. That, that's self evident,
0: but we are even an injury remembering these uh, these times. Well, one of the most fun things night. to do is in the Amash environment, just haphazardly fling your corporeal form into <laughs> imminent danger. There is, there is an adrenaline risk
1: factor for sure even if uh, even if your stature implies a, a higher risk <laughs> of injury uh, we are we are bigger build men that is, that is for sure so we have a, a bit more of an edge on being able to stay on our feet but there's a especially in spaces that aren't just uh, push pits where people are just kind of all cramped into one room, and there's a little bit more room to dance. Um, there's there's space for everyone to to have a physically aggressive and interpersonally chaotic time without uh, risking too much personal injury. But I, I just want to get it out of the way that uh, the injuries have been few and far between on the
0: on the yeah. grand scheme of things. Just uh, They're fun to bring up our our early days. I need to to talk about this because you know this story well. It's my favorite favorite story of like the worst moshing behavior I've ever seen. So I was seeing H2O. uh, It was at a Newfound Glory show. (laughs) And um, no one was really moving yet because there was still, you know, a couple bands until Newfound Glory. And this. Gentlemen,
1: Which is a pop-punk band, by the way,
0: an H2O is yeah. a hardcore band. Um, so no one was really moving, we got kind of, you know, popping along. And this dude pushes, you know, a, a good section of people away and gives himself about six to eight feet on either side of him, punches the air three times and then proceeds to pace back and (laughs) forth for the remainder of the set. So about 20 minutes, this guy was just pacing back and forth in the middle of a crowd of no one moving at all. And (laughs) I just was staring at this man the entire time. Like, "How, how can you justify doing what you're doing right now? Where was that? This was at um, the Paramount in uh, Huntington, New York. Huntington, yeah. But I just thought that was absolutely I- hilarious. That is, it was a, it was, it was a literal one-man
1: mosh. I,
0: uh, my favorite one-man mosh
1: experience was uh, my freshman year of college, I went down to Kent, Kent, Ohio. They have a, a venue there called The Outpost. And, uh, Kubla Khan was coming through with I Am and, uh, Left Behind, a few other bands. And Left Behind was just starting to pop off. And, uh, they had just released Tough Love as a single very recently. ...prior to that show. And um, that song is about... ...domestic violence... ...domestic abuse... ...and nobody at this show... ...seemed to know this West Virginia band... um, ...despite how close... ...regionally they were to us. I love them. And uh, still wear my... ...left behind sweatshirt... ...from that show all the time. Though it has shrunk over the years quite a bit. And uh, I had taken... Several other, you know, college freshmen, women, uh, to go because it was their, you know, they all wanted to see what, uh, all this mosh pit hype was about. And, uh, you know, because I was just obsessed at the time and still am. And, uh, it was a big part of my, you know, selling point for, for my friendship was that I could take people to these wild, extreme events. Uh, so a bunch of uninitiated people were with me. And, I was feeling a little bit self-conscious for the you know the opening local bands. I was dancing around a little bit, but not a whole lot of other people were. And for Left Behind, I knew like every word to every song, and I was getting really emotional. And uh, I just started going for it. Like all there was just it was a pretty packed room, and nobody else was dancing, but I just started going wild. And a few people started joining me uh, for a couple songs, but then Tough Love came on. And something inside me just broke. Like, I just started crying and just screaming along and uh, started rolling around on the floor and kind of like banging my fists on the stage. And at just by the end of the song, there's like a singular true use of the word in it and everything. I was just at the stage, bawling my eyes out, you know, grabbing the mic and singing along. It just felt so, like such a wild, cathartic release to just not care what anyone around me was thinking. And of course, you know, by the end of the show, everyone I had brought with me had been kicked in the stomach and punched by you way, and, like they had all not well, <laughs> not by me. I, I we again, we'll talk next episode about my feelings about crowd killing, but they're not good. <laughs> and uh, so, but these these I gotta credit these freshmen. Uh, they they loved being <laughs> kicked in the stomach and punched in the face and they really they jumped into the pit and kicked other people in the stomach and punched them in the face uh, much faster than I've seen other people Lovely. do. Uh, so, which was great. So we converted some people that day but yeah, just that memory of being singularly, emotionally driven to
0: engage with this band that was so good. Yeah, I think one of the best things in w- when you're going to see a show is just knowing all the words so you can have like not choreographed moments but like moments of songs that you know like that you plan on doing something you do it all the time where usually I'm standing in the front in front of the where everyone's like hardcore dancing and doing all that wacky shit um and then you will like jump up and push up on my shoulders or you'll grab my face and just scream in my face um
1: there's some yeah areas.
0: and there's oh, my favorite thing to do is i'm usually with justin and when there's a breakdown coming if i can push him as hard as i can at the exact moment of the breakdown and then he'll go <laughs> flying and start jumping around and pushing people and i just watch it for a second and then I'll you know run in and jump in like that's just like it's like a slow motion crystallizing moment of <laughs> perfection I'm like yes
1: I just want to say for any of you, our friends, Kristen and Jason, who sent in their album of the year, you know, top 10 lists this past year, uh, but weren't on the Todd, they are like genuine actors. Oh yeah. Like they do crazy gymnastics and they never, you know, hit, you know, the timing of the breakdown. Of <laughs> I've seen like a few, like if I had that skill, that capacity, I'd be doing wild flips for every breakdown. if you know how to be acrobatic and how to, you know, breakdance and stuff like that, bring it, bring it to the pit.
0: Just time, learn a song and time it. it looks I so think, cool. well, Kristen has done a few backflips at well-timed moments. Are they well-timed or are they just like at the start of I'm the I'm not going to lie. Or... I don't really watch <laughs> well, it happen. I just assume they're well-timed. But she'll, I mean, she'll come back and report that she has done a backflip, and I just assume it's cool. Because backflips are cool. If you can do a backflip, do a backflip whenever you can. Backflips are always mm-hmm. cool. Just, uh, just don't do it at
1: the start of a wall of death. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> if, if, you, if you backflip at the wrong time, and the wall closes in on you, it's uh, and you'll know if you don't know what a wall of death is, you'll know when you see it. They they split the crowd in half, and sometimes people like to go in the middle of the split crowd because it's there, they just want to fill the space and do something crazy. If you do a backflip, you may land on someone's
0: stuff. Just be people. No, actually, a really cool moment. Like, so many cool moments are when you like with someone that you know or like someone you just seen at a bunch of shows or whatever and one of the cooler things is in a wall of death where you're lined up across from someone you know and then you like there's a trust yeah. there you're like all right we're not going to hurt each other like we're going to go at it <laughs> so like that's that's the cool because when you when you're across from someone you don't really know you're like you obviously you know you want to be very aggressive in that moment and come at them pretty hard but you, you never want to hurt anybody so it's just like Trusting other people to, you know, you take care of them; they take care of you, kind of thing. And that's that's. A-
1: I've never seen someone like full out tackle someone like. There's always a moment right in the middle where it like time stops and everyone slows down just a yeah.
0: little
1: bit, and like just bumps. That's why you get that kind of sardining.
0: Yeah, I've always well, wanted like in, um, the Chronicles of Narnia when they have that big fight at the end of the movie <laughs> and then like. It was like a wolf and a jaguar or something and they're just sprinting at each other and jump and collide in the air and fall to the ground. I've always wanted to see that, but I'm not going to be the one to do it.
1: <laughs> you know, maybe not on a, an asphalt yeah. surface. Maybe ever <laughs> Speaking of surfaces, the final Warped Tour experience oh, uh, <laughs> Warped Festival <laughs> was it 2019. 2019? 2019. If uh, anyone ever becomes a Mosh veteran and then is sent to the sand, uh, I wish you luck. It is it is quite a challenge (laughs) to sprint or dance
0: or be pushed through thick sand. I know when you're I know throwing sand in the air sounds like a good idea at the time. Oh my god! Don't do it. It's gonna get in everyone's (laughs) eyes. It's so unpleasant.
1: Yes, and at the time, I was uh, um, still insisting that my life was just moments between seeing varials shows. There's always varials. I remember seasons. you saying that. Yes, and uh, I have so many, so many of my most vivid mosh memories are of varials because I just I over choreographed every show that I saw. And I just loved, like, actually having a whole dance routine to the entire set. Um, but Varials played at the final warp Tour. And during their first set, they were cut short by weather. Uh, and so they played a second day. And both days, I was trying so hard <laughs> to not even do a normal choreographed routine, but just to, like, dance in any kind of aggressive way. And there really weren't a lot of like very, that was the heaviest band, I think, on the entire bill. I mean, Wage War was there, but obviously they're just metalcore. And I don't think anyone even came close to kind of the beat down nature of aerials, Andrew W.K. Uh, on their- oh, yeah, Andrew W.K. <laughs> yes, a day to remember did play Sticks and Bricks. Sticks and Bricks, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so trying to actually you know, go wild during Burials.
0: Uh, on the sand was terrible, but we did make uh, a pile of sand. Oh, you hated that at the time. Do not, do not retcon you into liking that. No, I
1: I don't know if I hated it at the time. I thought it was... Well, you were mad the whole after the
0: first day. You were just distraught. I didn't see you for a few hours. (laughs) Because (laughs) you just went off to be angry that burials got cut off.
1: Yeah, but then they played a second set. But they, they made
0: a pile of sand
1: called Jimmy.
0: Oh, you were also uh, meant
1: to d- Jimmy. Yeah. What I what I don't like is when a singular object kind of becomes the show and like takes away from the entire culture of the mosh pit. So uh, there was no mosh pit once Jimmy was created. Yeah. It was just people trying to jump over Jimmy and do different tricks around
0: Jimmy. Yeah, that did take the the kind of the attention away from Yeah, because Varials, they have a song called Empire of Dirt. Um,
2: yes. So awesome.
0: they built a mound of sand, which, you know, f- for the theme of Empire of Dirt. And then someone named <laughs> it Jimmy and they started, like, giving it accessories. Um, and yeah, Jimmy just became the thing. Had a Twitter page. Did it? Actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's amazing. But yes, yeah, sa- sand anyway. is the worst place by far
1: to mosh. In uh, in one of my earlier collegiate days, I was trying to explain to a a class of my peers uh, how moshing can be exemplary of teamwork and uh, community action. And I recalled my first uh my first show going alone um my mother I believe she actually she stayed but you know she it was at the Paramount again in Huntington. or maybe
0: yeah, the yeah Your mom doesn't go in the she uh, was She's a coward
1: no it was her first and only metal show i believe uh wow. and it was only because i i sold it to her as an all christian metal <laughs> <laughs> experience. And uh, it was as I lay dying. Of course, Uh, the Devil Wears Prada for today and the Chariot. And uh, up until probably too recently, for today, was my number one favorite band. Uh, Still, probably higher than it should be, but so much sentiment, love behind them, in spite of their current state. But I digress. Uh, So at this show, there was a good amount a good amount of moshing and uh, things that I hadn't seen much at work tours and smaller shows I had gone to with some friends. But what I had never experienced yet was, was crowd launching. And there was this human trebuchet machine that they <laughs> erected. Uh, it was kind of a ramp of three men and then two men standing up at the end. And people would run up the backs of these three men, and then the two at the end would launch them up into the crowd to Crowder. And they kept getting more and more like aggressive and, and fancy with it until they brought it right up to the barricade. And much to the security's chagrin, they launched someone onto the stage, <laughs> which was like a six foot gap, uh, and it was for today on at the time. And, uh, you know, Maddie Montgomery kind of grabbed him and let him, let him scream a few words before security made him come down. But it was just kind of awesome to, to see like this, uh, moment of, of weird human body machinery. Uh, and that's just the kind of thing I feel like you see fairly often at these shows is just people
0: working together to do something extreme. Yeah. I, I remember mm-hmm. that. S- something similar happening at, um, a lot, lock- like most flame show I went to, um, like, I feel like they don't really do that anymore. That was a cool thing that for a while was happening where, you know, it would be like a, a funnel system toward the front where they yeah. would just launch people upward. And I, th- I always thought that was fun. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen that in a long time.
1: Yeah. It's been a while. I think, I definitely the last time I remember is no there's been a few kind of punkier shows It happened at Rancid a couple of years ago uh but in the metal scene thing mayhem fest long long ago was the last like major experience of it but th- these kind of like cultural practices kind of shift around between extreme music genres right now what i see a lot are this kind of uh Duets, mosh duets. See a lot of people, you know, flying on each other's backs or being held up and spun in circles whilst kicking. Mm. You know, or people being used as wheelbarrows and stuff like that, which are always fun. And of course, the classic lock hands and spin. Oh, we did that once. That was fun. It takes them far away, which is a great way to get someone uh, you know that uh, hasn't been in a mosh pit to just. Feel it out. Just spin them around. Lock hands. Overlap arms. And just start to spin it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, especially if there's multiple people spinning around you and yours tops.
0: Yeah, that was, that was that was really fun when we let go. I was like, I really hope the worst thing that can happen is like you fall backwards into someone's knees, and then that's not a great situation. <laughs> but if you stay up, it's it's super fun. Yeah, it's flying.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: but there's—I mean, there's a lot that we don't—I, I don't really get to do, in terms of like, throwing myself at people because I'm just big and I don't want to do that mm-hmm. to someone. I believe if you weigh over, 150 pounds, you shouldn't crowd surf.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've never crowd surfed. I've never staged dove.
0: Yeah, I've which st- uh, stage seems been once. One. Um, but that was by Dad, accident. Have you really. Oh, because i got i got put up i made the mistake of gesturing upward to to a, no. someone and then they just picked me up i was like oh, this is not what i wanted uh so i found my way onto the stage i was like well i'm not going to step down so I, <laughs> I just made sure everyone was aware of my presence and then i left um but yeah i wouldn't do that again because i'm too heavy
2: yeah
1: my, mind your just the one time to really mind your weight is if you're going to be held up by many other people. It's yeah. not not
0: funner. And it's or not like sure. if if someone's heavy, I'm not going to drop them. I'm obviously going to carry them, right? But like I don't know, it's it's heavy, man.
1: It is, especially especially if it's like you're at a a big punk festival and it's just wave after wave, and you know the people up front have been going crazy, working to get everyone over, and then you just come. Your you know sweaty bearded you know
0: <laughs> extra poundage. I'm happy to throw you over, but just uh, yeah, it's not the right time. Yeah. because you know that's the thing is that taking care of other people is paramount. So you know no matter what, I'm going to try to keep everyone safe, but keep me safe underneath you.
1: Yeah, I I don't I don't love when people that are trying to be floated above a crowd. Or like punching down or kicking ahead. Just doesn't really make sense for their own safety.
0: Yeah, I remember one time this this is going back to us getting hurt physically, but um it was <laughs> at uh, revolution and um a now closed down venue, which was our it was our home venue for like, you know, three, four years. Yeah. Um someone was up on a <laughs> elevated surface, did a front flip, and then like landed on me, I caught him. And then I put them down in front of me. They proceeded to, to, to grab, <laughs> grab my sleeve, rip it, and then punch me in the face. And I'm like, well, that's a hell of a thank oh. you. <laughs> I just saved your life.
1: That's incredible. I, I remember um, the, uh, th- the first time. So I've never been one to record shows i think the, the last concert that i recorded on my cell phone or even took a picture at was uh i want to say lincoln park at jones beach in 2012 years ago <laughs> yeah um, but there were a few times at, at the advent of snapchat where i would just want to like showcase the pit uh mm-hmm. prior to 2014 and also at Revolution. This is a good memory. This isn't a memory were getting injured. But I was seeing the Acacia Strain and Oceano and uh, Knocked Loose. Crazy tour at the time. And um, it was during the Acacia Strain. I hadn't pulled out my phone all night, but the pit was just going so, like, wa- absolutely wild. I mean, the whole evening was already crazy, and I was already so sore and beat up. Uh, and just having, I was so emotional and having such a great time. And I was there alone, but just, I felt like I was with family. Everyone knew every word and it was very politically charged, et cetera. But, point of the story is, I pulled out my phone to take a Snapchat and I, there wasn't flash on or anything, but just the presence of my phone pointed at the pit, someone <laughs> that was going around punched. It out of my hand so hard and so far that it like flew back several rows of people and hit someone else in the head. And you just watch the video afterwards, and it's like mosh pit for three seconds and then just crack and <laughs> fly. And that's when I learned, you know, just to be present
0: in the pit and not to try and uh,
1: not to try and capture it.
0: Yeah, I mean. I know I know a few people like to record things, but like I I drop my phone on a normal day not doing anything. If I'm just like
2: <laughs> sitting
0: in my bed I drop my phone all the time. So I can't I can't be jumping around and bumping into people whilst holding my it's just not something I can do physically. Um
1: Don't get me wrong, I love when people capture videos of me. Yeah. <laughs> a, but usually they're either at a at a higher elevation or uh you know kind of set far enough back that they're on at risk. I, I don't think that there should be phones
0: in the active mosh pit area. Yeah, I mean, Justin does it, and he puts it up on, on YouTube, I forget. Um, maybe we'll say in a future episode what where he puts those up so people can maybe see the shows that we've gone to. Um, but yeah, then, you know, for the beginning of a song, or like, because... That's also where knowing how a song goes, um, either the beginning of song or like you know a breakdown's coming, you kind of know when it's safe to record, so you can like step away (laughs) and you know where the action's gonna be. But at the same
1: time, you want to capture if you want to capture the action. (laughs) That's uh was the prime time. Yeah. High risk, high reward.
0: Yeah, you got to sacrifice for that for that shot. There's
1: a I, I do love there's only a few that I've ever found over the years, but professional photographer shots where you're at the mic or like screaming up close, whatever those surface, you ju- you just feel so connected to to the experience and to the band. So there's certainly a place for, for capturing moments. There's one picture from that same Noct Lucio Shano, Ecasia Strange. Show. Uh, where O'Shanno's playing, and I'm just right in front of Adam Warren, just screaming, tearing my shirt, and I just love that picture so much. Just It takes me right back to that moment. I think the the
0: best picture that's ever been taken of me is um, when the first time I saw Ender Shikari, and they were just doing it, ch- they were doing the chant before they even started playing music in Rao. Um, Ralph Reynolds, the lead singer of Andrew Shikari, went out and just crowd surfed before they even started playing. <laughs> and then there's a picture of me just holding him up. And at that moment, he's like being transferred over me. So it looks like I'm the only one holding him at that moment. And we're just face to face and screaming in each other's faces, <laughs> And it's amazing.
1: I love that. Speaking of uh, artists crowd surfing, should we mention our favorite... Uh, performer, Jason, Jason Allen and what he does to a much experience. A, a lot of artists, not a lot, but there, there are there are a good amount, a handful of artists who do really good crowd engagement or, or have gimmicks where they find different ways to enter the crowd. But when Jason Allen Butler does it, he he doesn't want the crowd to just stop and crowd around him. You know he wants the pit to keep going. Yeah, just circles around the uh, around the safety net that he's being held in. And if he, and he'll he'll jump down and start pushing people around too.
0: And he just he's for the culture. If he doesn't have the microphone, he doesn't have the microphone. He still he's still going to be screaming yeah. and pushing in there. Um, the former vocalist of Sharptooth. She used to Laura. Yeah, she used to get in and. Just like oh my shoulder barge people. I saw I saw Sharp Tooth at the Grog
1: Shop. It a very small venue here in Cleveland. And um there weren't a ton of people there. They were opening for I think, counterparts, but the the room hadn't filled up much yet. And if you don't know Sharp Tooth, uh very, you know, militantly feminist and uh invested in uh you know anti-misogynistic power i guess uh, great band great messaging but uh, she just loved and cherished making men uh feel uncomfortable with their privilege and power and he <laughs> came down into the pit like for a pre-breakdown speech and just grabbed and made every single, like, large man in the crowd look her in the eyes <laughs> and just asked them, are you uncomfortable? And she had just, you know, previous, the previous lines had been, you know, about white male privilege. And so she got down and one she came to me, of course. Because uh, I'm in that demographic, and she grabs me by the collar, which is very high up off the ground. She's very small, uh, <laughs> and looks. At, she makes me look her in the eye and ask me if I was uncomfortable. And uh, I just, I, I said yes. I said yes. Oh, I would have been such an alpha she was so to say no. I was. I was. Uh, I was made properly uncomfortable. But yeah, I, I do love that kind of intense engagement, and then. Once you let go, I did a cartwheel and <laughs> started <laughs> dancing. So. Then I did a cartwheel. <laughs> Relish my discomfort.
0: You had to cartwheel away from your discomfort. <laughs>
1: no, I was relishing it. I was cherishing. I was not, not running away from the discomfort.
0: Uh, yeah, so that's... Ah, good times. Yeah, there's like I don't know there's. It's just cool when there's something mm-hmm. that's happening that everyone like gravitates towards in the pit. Whether it's like someone a vocalist comes down, and he's sitting on the barricade and he's handing out the mic for people to scream into, or you know anything that just like gathers like a real everyone. In one or
1: someone crowd surfing on a large whale. <laughs> My favorite crowding around experience. Well, every Mana show except for the very last one, um, Davey would most often come into the crowd and just bring us all to tears. And uh, one Warp tour in particular, don't remember what year, uh, but there is there's, there's alt press Snapchat footage uh, evidence somewhere out there. Of just a whole group of us bawling our eyes out, holding this man as he was just croaking his poetry as he does, uh, singing, digging.
0: That was digging. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was 2016. I want to say. Yeah. Uh, then it was like, there was actually... The last Vanna show I got to see was on Long Island. I didn't go to their last, last show. But, um, yeah, I was in the very front. And then uh, there was, like, one of the... I don't really scream into the microphone. I don't, it's just not, in, like, my bag. But that was the only time I've ever done it. And, like, like oh, it was, it was amazing.
1: It's a great feeling when, you, when you're pushing through the crowd, moving through other people, all singing along. And you know it's just, like, a line that you need to be heard saying you need to let out and just when even when for a song like that when they're slowing down and we're all holding each other and coming together it just feels so seamless to go from this intense aggressive pushing around and limbs flailing and you know all this danger to this sudden intense calm and it it feels like that even in the immediate aftermath of some of the most Crowd killing, violent mosh pits, ever like we have, we have tsunami coming up this week at a no class in Cleveland at time of filming, and yeah, I'm a bit, I'm a bit terrified. That's a real knuckle dragger show where violence and beat down is the point. But everyone <laughs> that I know that's going is just so familial about it, and I know it's going to be, you know, you get, you get punched in the face, and then you get a hug. You know, it's just. <laughs> It's, it's so communal, and uh, it, it, I don't want to say it's, like, fight cluby, but it's just we're all experiencing this kind of quasi-violence for a reason. It helps us to be able to better process and embrace the violence of reality by giving us this simulated violent experience. But, again,
0: that's more for the next episode. Yeah, but, like, one of, one, of one of the... Now, Things you do after a set ends, you like you just go see the people that you were right. you were moshing You say, "Hey, what's up?" Or like, "Oh, I'll see, I hope I'll see you some some other time at another show." You go into this show. Um, Great two step, brother. <laughs> Great two step. Great style.
1: Yeah, I that's, that's how you make that?
2: friends.
1: I don't remember what show was it was at the Kingsland that we first as a group. I, I mean, we had witnessed it. Plenty of times before, but it was a particularly acrobatic show where people were jumping over rows and rows of people
0: just to hit someone standing far back. Uh,
1: Do do I have to
0: tell this story? You don't have to. I'm I'm going to. All right. It was Great American Ghost. Oh, it was Great American Ghost and um, For the Fallen Dreams. Which is not that crazy, like that heavy. (laughs) uh, Yeah, it it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be this way, but, um, I, I was standing, minding my own business and (laughs) someone, I would say, I don't know, five, five, six feet in front of me gets on all fours. I was like, well, that's an odd thing to do. And someone else comes running from across the floor, steps off of his back, leaps up in the air. And I'm greeted with a fist to the right eye. Um and the dude falls. And then I I just picked him up and then pushed him back in, in the pit instead of saying, hey man, maybe don't punch me in the face again. But yeah, that was I was like, I was just like in awe of the situation. I was like, well, that was a brazen act. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was a that was a, a nobody was safe kind of show. And the The philosophical idea behind it is supposed to be, you know, you get activated and brought into the brought into the fray, so that everyone is dancing, nobody's standing still. But I don't think that always uh, manifests. <laughs> I don't think you went in and started swinging around the center pole.
0: No, I continued doing what I was doing, enjoying myself.
1: <laughs> Do you remember how intense
0: the vocalist of Great American
1: Ghost's Eyes were that night? He was making such intense, <laughs> his
0: eyes were just blazing, and he was walking through the crowd, staring into everyone's souls. I remember the most striking look I've ever gotten was when we saw Amir and uh, Frankie Palmieri actively looked like a vampire. Because he was yeah, he he, he like punched was over. over. And I, like, I pointed that out to you. He just had, like, a hunched-over stance. And he was pale. I was like, this man just, he looks like a vampire. He's, de- he's definitely a creature of the night.
1: How do you feel about uh, about food being thrown at these experiences? I'll, it's a waste food. Pizza by Attila and, you know, Steve Aoki's cakes and the like.
0: Well, I mean, if it's thematically appropriate, sure. Throw things <laughs> into the crowd. Um water I'm generally fine with because it gets hot in there so yeah you want to whip the water around your head that's that's fine um nothing sticky really no, i think my it. my line is if it's if it's going to make me sticky just leave keep keep that to yourself but you know if it's if it's a fun bit of nothing hard like yeah if i get hit in the head with a slice of pizza it's not going to hurt so i would be fine with it
1: I do in a, I know it's, there's not really a post-COVID world potentiality anymore, but I do hope that in some near future, spewing comes back, where you no. take a
2: little bit of water no. in your mouth
1: and right before
0: a breakdown, you just
1: you put a light mist into the air. Yeah, if
0: anyone's seen oh, um, Triple H in WWE, just spray the air. No, yeah, no. It, Keep that
1: the in the does it so well; it looks so good. So, anything that can like make time freeze. just feels amazing, like the backflips, walls of death, like any anything that adds to the intensity of an already intense chugging breakdown.
0: So, you know what I don't like. Is strobe lights because you can't see.
1: Yeah, strobe lights make mosh pits very difficult, especially because the, the most important part of the mosh pit, as we mentioned briefly, is taking care of other people. It is hard. The strobe lights, I feel like, are, the, are when mo- the most pileups happen. Like one person falls, yeah. and nobody else can, you know, come and see that they have fallen. So someone trips over them, and it becomes like uh, the wrong kind of pile when i said pile earlier i meant people piling on top of each other to sing into a microphone uh you know or to crawl towards the stage on top of one another this is a bad kind of pile where people just keep falling <laughs> this is the bad pile.
0: you yeah, know that i mean that happens a lot in you know circle pits where like and it's the responsibility of people like, around it to try to grab them and pull them out. But yeah, I mean, if, if there's anything that's going to prevent visibility in a space where people are moving and footing isn't always super easy to maintain, I just think, I don't know, that's not, not the best thing to do.
1: For me, though, what feels the best... In a in a crazy hardcore or, or deathcore pit is when I'm landing moves that inspire adrenaline without making contact with people, like swinging past someone's face or kicking past someone's knees. And strobe lights make that so much harder. <laughs> the depth perception <laughs> yeah. just completely goes out the window.
0: Yeah, and we'll get we'll get why what you do is good and in another episode and what other people do is bad. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, we shared some stories and shared some of our opinions, but, uh, I think, I think it's time we wrap this up. Oh, you think it's time? I think it's time. I don't know. Do you have any, any more you want to share? I think, uh, I think we'll be, it'll just be part of
1: our, part of our show experience as we talk about other bands in the future to recall some of our favorite mosh pit experiences, but just wanted to, uh, to have a little introductory chat, and share, share some of the love, share some of the love that we've, uh, we've had. We didn't talk about mosh kisses though. You want to talk about <laughs> mosh kisses? <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting no, I'm going to lean back. You've because what the mosh pit has proliferated beyond the extreme music scene. It's, you know, very much in the EDM scene and in hip hop, the trap scenes. And two things I think that are done incorrectly in those scenes. One, they're even more exclusionary because they're just—they're very freddy, very bro-y, and there's no like style to them necessarily. It's just might makes right, so it's just jumping up and down and pushing, uh, you know, as hard as you can. Not even necessarily while singing along, uh, maybe chanting, but in the case of EDM, simply just knocking. Uh, which again, we're we'll talk about more later. But in within that space, it is unfortunately very common for especially women to experience unwanted advances you know while they're wrapped up in the sardine you know throwing around of bodies and what i want to to make a call for is for more just consensual questions you know just being able to connect with someone in the mosh pit to do a little to do a little spin to throw someone up on your shoulders, to you know, send someone up crowd surfing, and then to have a conversation about it, or to go after you've you know pushed around, find someone for that slow song, and you know, ask them if they want to dance. And I just some of my most fond mosh memories are people approaching me after I've sent them up in the air, or after we've spun around in a circle and just sharing a hug. Or just having some intense eye contact that leads to just this wonderful middle of the room while everything else is spinning and going crazy around you. Just a little smooch. Just a little smooch. And, uh, you know, just parting ways. And I think those moments of of just soft intimacy amidst the aggressive insanity of it all is just such a beautiful juxtaposition. And uh, I just hate that. There's this new culture and stigma of kind of vulture-like uh, advances, you know, when people are just taking advantage of the closeness of the situation to be touchier and appropriate, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. There's no reason for your hands to be down around your waists unless you're you're with a, a close pal. So But all of which to say is that you can have really beautiful and I have had some of my favorite
0: kisses in my life in the middle of a mosh pit. All right, well, you kind of, you touched on a, a serious issue there, which <laughs> is prevalent, um, which is, yeah, keep your hands to your fucking self. But you just can't
1: talk about one without the other. Because I, I feel like the culture yes, now is, is that, you know, when you talk about kissing in the mosh pit, it's, it just immediately calls to mind that kind of, non-consensual approach. But I think that there is a way to still have, you know, appropriate... Well, yeah,
0: Yes, yeah, I mean, you do make connections with people in that setting, and I've had many hugs with various different people. Because um, I sent them up or, you know, I picked them up or whatever. Um, or, you know, or they helped them me friends. out in some way, and you show your appreciation to someone, and you're, you know, you give them a, a hug. I've never kissed anyone in a pit. <laughs> I probably never will. It doesn't seem like the right environment to me. Um, But, you know, uh, good for you, I guess.
1: A marriage proposal right before the wall of death?
0: No, because you can't really (laughs) hear it. It's It's not a romantic environment.
1: That's the beauty of it. It's just the rest of the world is going crazy around you.
0: Well, well what, if, what if she said, okay, if, if he or she or they say no, <laughs> does the wall of death not happen because of the awkwardness of the situation?
1: Oh, no, I don't think anyone else is that cognizant
0: of it, but then you have the perfect option. Well, yeah, you're but then you're having
1: an emotional right
0: moment. Some, you're probably crying and you're like, oh, my God. And then you just get blasted in the face.
1: It's <laughs> the perfect place to be, to be in an emotional moment.
0: I hope the next time you're kissing someone in the pit, I see it so I can just punch you <laughs> right in the face.
1: Well, be careful you don't miss. No, just, just, oh, we- I won't miss. So you can you could have a two-step kiss, where you can be, you know, throw what <laughs> step two? <laughs> <laughs> har har har! All right, before we go any more off the rails. To recap, we've had many beautiful communal experiences. We didn't actually. I thought we'd talk more about some of our group experiences, uh, where we've just uh, all found each other at festivals. Or the entire group just happened to know one song for a band that we're, you know, seeing, and uh, those are some of our favorites too. But stories, yeah, first, just on. standing
0: in a circle and screaming at each other, and you know. The, Yeah. Well, let's talk about it real quick. That moment where usually, you know, a couple of us are together and then, you know, there are points in songs where you're like looking for your friends and then, yeah, that moment where you all come together and you grab each other's shoulders or, you know, it's just, it's, it's just neat. It's just, it's just a re it's really cool. And it's a great shared experience. And I think something that we've, kind of come across in telling all these stories is the what's great about moshing is the shared experience that you have and then when you have that experience with someone that you're very familiar with and close with that just makes it even even better or sometimes with a stranger that you just kissed and you'll never see again and that makes it even hotter for some reason
1: (coughs) These are all just experiences of intimacy, whether you're getting punched in the face or whether you're having a a really tight hug. These are all kind of intimate interpersonal experiences in public around others that just aren't commonplace in our de-ritualized society now. So I hope, uh, if anything everyone eventually listens to our mosh camp episode to uh, get the lowdown on how to stay safe but i think more than anything the uh easiest introductory way to know how to navigate your way through the mosh pit is just to enter the pits for the bands whose songs you know you know if the better you know the music the more predictable things will be and uh you'll have a uh, uh, just, just a better time jumping up around with other people that know all the words and
0: engaging with uh, with a band that will be so grateful at someone singing along up front. Yeah, and the you know final thing I'll say, which is we've probably failed to do at this point, is go in the pit. We want to encourage people <laughs> to go in the pit, even though we've told stories about grievous bodily harm. Um, you'll be fine. You'll have a great time. The pit is the best place to be.
1: It is the best place to be. It's a lot of fun, a lot of energy. And I've seen very tiny people and very large people all the same move with uh, incredible passion. So it's, it's, it can be for everybody. And uh, we need to maximize the different kinds of people that are in it in order to fight back against the frat bros who weasel their way in. <laughs> Walsh likes the frat bro.
0: He's grimacing. Oh, you. <laughs> I'm being kind to you, right? Now. <laughs> For next
1: time, uh, before we come to blows, Moshbits, episode one. Th- they're Walsh. good. Any final I mean you, we've said final a few times,
0: we don't yeah know. we have we can't end a show <laughs> just,
1: we should have like a, a title card monkey, like some more news that just you know throws title cards at people, so it just ends the show, so we don't have to. And with that, comrades, just uh, stay safe. Stay sane. Continue trying to live in the extremes. Hope all this this cloth sound isn't being too disruptive to my outro. You're still in bed. (laughs) Farewell, comrades.
2: Farewell.